if you've been following along with, uh, with the life of Reachway, we have found ourselves in, in a teaching series called Spending Habits. And this is why we're, we've been talking about what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks and, and why we're going to spend two more weeks um, with this series is, is out of Easter, out of the Easter holiday, um, we are reminded that we are to be like Jesus. Um, when we just talked about the resurrection uh, just now, and, and that's what we talk about on Easter Sunday as well. We, we see Jesus live we see him die, but then we see him um, defeat death and, and raise back to life. And when that happens, Jesus says, of course, follow me. But what he is saying in that invitation to follow him is to become more like him and to open ourselves up in every area of life for that power of the resurrection, for the love and mercy of Christ to encounter every single area of our lives. We just talked about one example, just with Mother's Day and the power of the resurrection that, that meets us in that area as well. Um, we are also spending this series talking about a couple of more specific areas in which the example and love of Christ meets us. And what we have chosen to do here at Reachway, we don't, we don't shy away from uh, hot-button topics and things that really matter, because we really do believe that this is an all-life, 24-7 kind of lifestyle that we're being um, invited into, that we've accepted that calling. And so we're, we've been talking about this series, probably um, some of the two stickiest topics in life. It's time and money. It's time and money. Sometimes we say those things in the same breath when we say time is money, Right? The world around us, the, the culture in which we live, it is really difficult to say that the world around us does not operate with both time and money in mind, seemingly constantly, constantly. We've been talking about in this series, the very first week of our series, we talked about the unique witness that the church, the not the buildings, but the groupings of people that gather and scatter throughout their lives. And what we said in the very first week, we talked about how the church is to structure itself. And, and this is what we said if you were here with us, is that the church is to be a unique witness to what it believes is true and what it believes is possible. And the reason that we said that is because we believe that the people that gather here at Reachway, but of course, so many other churches in this area alone, is that we're supposed to be witnessing to something different. And it's not just how we spend Sunday mornings. It really is not. So that's why we're talking about this for four weeks, spending habits, is does it matter how we spend our time? Does it matter how we spend our money? And we say, yes. Because what we're being called to be is a unique witness, ascribing to a different hope. And if we're ascribing to a different hope, that means that we ascribe to a completely different way of living life. So week one of this series, we talked about uh, how the church is supposed to spend its time. Week two of the series, last week, we talked about how we as individuals, um, it would be right of us to to spend our time. 
Both of those sermons, by the way, are on our website. You can listen to the audio versions of those if you want to catch up at all. Today, we're going to be talking about how the church, and we're going to be specifically talking about this particular church, things that would be good of us to, to spend our money And then next week, we're going to be talking about the individual perspective, the things that we should have in mind as individuals when we consider our our finances as well. We're we're diving in head first, but we believe that Jesus meets us here and and shows us um, how we should behave towards these things. So today's going to be very much uh, numbers and categories and terms. And, and this may resonate with you. You might find great interest in this or you might not. But, uh, but before I, we kind of dive into the content, I want to I say why we're doing this. The first reason is uh, we believe transparency in general is pretty important. Definitely has to do with the church as well. So if you've been with Reachway from the beginning, we launched in September. We haven't, actually haven't really talked about money a lot. Um, churches don't like talking about money. Um, we're about seven months in, we're talking about money, and I'm telling you right now, we will talk about it again, because it matters, right? Because it matters. Um, but the, the second reason we're talking about this as well, and this is why I'm actually really excited. A lot of pastors hate talk. If you were to ask a pastor, do you like talking about money? Uh, I think more than half of them would say no. That's why we're jumping into this sermon series, <laughs> is because those are the, mo- the more tense topics in our lives, time and money, time and money, time and money. So we're jumping in. Um, the reason I'm so excited to talk about how Reachway Church structures itself financially is because whether you have known it to be true or not, we structure ourselves financially with the mission in mind. And you're going to see that. And so what I hope you see over this next little while is exactly what's on the screen is that when it comes to money, the church, this church, should poise itself for mission. Should poise itself for mission. And this has to do exactly with what it means for us to be a unique witness in the community as well. A couple of things here, of course, and, and, and this might be a reminder for you. This might, you haven't perhaps connect wire A to wire B just a couple of random things to say, is that churches are nonprofit organizations. If you didn't know that, uh, this one is. Most of them are, right? I, uh, this, this is a nonprofit organization, which means that just like any other nonprofit, we receive outside funding. Um, we, we don't provide goods and services that are, that are bought and sold, but we receive outside funding from supporters. And like every nonprofit, we operate within our means, right? Live within your means. That's something that my parents told me from the first time I had the opportunity to earn a dollar. Live within your means. And, and that's what this church does as well. Um, churches are different in how they designate their income. So we're actually going to be talking about categories this morning. Just stay with me um, if, if this is not uh, your, your wheelhouse. I will say this, however, is that churches designate income differently. So how Reachway does things is not necessarily how other churches do things. Fair enough? Um, so, so no need to, to be assuming in the other churches that are in the area and say, 
well, they must do things like Reachway does because there's no one right way to do something, but we do things in certain ways on purpose. And so let's, let's jump right in. It's going to be about the next 15 minutes or so talking about how Reachway poises itself for mission. Reachway Church, when it comes to our finances, we adopt a quadrant model, and we have that on the screen behind me. Um, this is our financial structure, okay? It's a guide for us. If you budget within your household, you know that sometimes budgets need to be flexible and they need to work in order for everything else to work as well. But as far as, as, far as we go as a church, we adopt a quadrant model. Now you see 25 times 4 equaling 100, these numbers fluctuate. Different seasons in, in church life fluctuate, and, and sometimes the, the funding is there for other things, and sometimes it isn't. And so these numbers are not exactly 25. We, we don't lock ourselves in um, to any of these things so that the whole thing can keep moving forward. But we adopt this model as a guide. It keeps us on track. This model ensures that we stay on mission. And it eliminates lopsided designations. For example, to be a church that invests a majority of its finances on any one of these things means that it can't do the other three things. So living within our means as a church means that we receive the money that we receive from, from donors and from the generosity of others. And then we consult this quadrant, and the money just kind of floats in there. But when it really comes time to, to perhaps purchase something or to make an improvement or some kind of ministry decision, we have to look at the numbers, right? And so that's why we adopt this model. Um, in terms of the funding, uh, we, we use language at this church, you may have heard it before, is this idea of tithes or offerings, and, and those are just regular gifts that are given to what we could call a general fund. And, and this, is, this is the language, this is a phrase that I want to give you when it comes to this model specifically, is that a rising tide raises all ships. You can get that image, especially over the last couple of weeks on our riverfront here, um, where the, the river has literally been rising. The ships on the river rise with it, and they all go up. I've worked at now four different churches. This is the fourth church that I've served at. And I have heard at every single church some kind of question, not even a critique, but a question about, hey, why does the church not do more in this area of ministry instead of this area of ministry? And, and that's a valid question. This is often the answer that I've given especially churches that follow this quadrant model, is, well, we can't, for example, do more with this ministry initiative because it would take away from the other, it would take away from the other boxes. In order for all, any of those categories to increase, it would take just a generic increase in our general fund, right? Um, a rising tide raises all ships. So I want to break down each of these categories. The first one is going to be that top left box. This is our salary and benefits for the pastor or pastoral staff. Um, this includes cash salary, retirement contributions. 
And I want to address a misconception that I've heard before, and television does not help us sometimes. Um, pastors do not receive all of the money that's given to churches. Okay? Can I say that? So have that in mind as you give to Reachway. Okay? Um, now, we've seen a headline that has talked about some pastor bought something. Okay? We can't speak for those churches. And unfortunately, there are people who don't give to churches because of what they see like that. And maybe you've met perhaps a coworker or a neighbor or a friend or a family member, maybe it's you, that, that doesn't give to churches because of what you've seen, some random rare case of some pastor somewhere on the planet buying something. Okay? Rest assured, Reachway gives about 25% of its income to supporting our pastors, myself included. This also includes associate pastor compensation as well. I want you to know that right now, every single pastor at Reachway Church is bivocational. If you haven't heard that term before, it means that every single pastor at this church has another job in order to provide income for its household. Myself, Pastor Ty, Pastor Michael, and Pastor Cassie. They all have other jobs in addition to what they do here. And I'll say this, and believe me when I say this, this is a blessing to this church. We are blessed that God has gifted this church people who are willing to have another job on top of a job that does not pay them or pays them very little. It's, you, are, you are blessed every single time that one of your pastors goes to another job in order to help out their family. But also keep in mind that this is necessary. Feel free to let your mind wander. I don't know how rich you think we are as a church. <laughs> but, but feel free to let your mind wander on what you think 25% of the total income might be and it goes to this, okay? That's all I'll say. <laughs> this also doesn't include anything I haven't mentioned. 25% goes to cash salary, retirement contributions, associate pastor compensations when applicable. Dunzo. So let's go to category two. This is gonna be properly related expenses. Of course, this would include mortgages, utilities, maintenance, and improvements. I wanna give you a picture of where we are as a church right now if you know Reachway's story, we launched in September, and we, in, in certain ways, came alongside of an existing congregation. Um, a congregation has met at this facility in our denomination, Church of the Nazarene, for decades and decades and decades. And this whole thing started when their church reached out to, at the time, my wife and I, we were in Peoria to plant a church somewhere both in the same denomination, we have already networked and knew each other from just past events. And they reached out and said, would you be interested in planting your church here? This is what that meant practically when it came to facilities. Something that is unheard of in the church planning world is that a new church, Reachway, was able to be given to it a facility that had zero mortgage on it. Now, what that meant was that the people that had been gathering here 
year after year, decade after decade, gave faithfully to make sure that this facility and the grass that surrounds it is completely debt-free. So when it comes to property, we're doing okay. <laughs> we're doing okay. And it's because of the generosity of people that had, had been gathering here the years before we launched. Um, we also, and a lot of you voted on this uh, in December, we did acquire new property as a church. Uh, we, we've made the decision to acquire a home three blocks away to be used as parsonage living, part of the compensation for myself and my wife, um, for us to be in the neighborhood, right? It's a missional decision. Um, it's a benefit to the church as well to have that as leverage. So we do have a, an existing line of credit that's out um, in order to acquire that home. Um, this also includes acquisitions, uh, including land, uh, building space, and stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of you are fired up about missions, so th this will be the last thing I say uh, about property specifically, is that when used properly and when sought with the right intentions, property can be valuable for a local church. It can also get us in a ton of trouble. And so Reachway is always going to be careful in what it chooses to acquire. Um, you might be driving through this neighborhood and see a lot of Jim Maloof signs or, or, or other real, realtors selling, whether it's homes or storefronts or something like that. The instinct is to say, this is our neighborhood. We love this neighborhood. We're going to invest in this neighborhood. Let's buy it up. It's not the wisest thing. Um, I will say, however, that that's not out of the realm of possibility. It just depends on the season of life that Reachway is in and the particular vision and mission that, that we feel like God is giving us in a particular season. So something to keep in mind is there as, as well for that. The next quadrant is going to be what we can call ministry initiatives. So this is going to include any of the expenses that it takes to um, have our Sunday morning gatherings. So this includes the music that you hear. This includes Reachway Kids. That happens downstairs where our kids are learning about how God loves them and how he created them and how um, they're supposed to love one another and have be friends with each other. Um, it's essentially making our weekly gatherings happen. That's, that's a, a bullet point under ministry initiatives. Uh, this also includes events that we do. Uh, on a kind of an annual basis, we have our monthly neighborhood dinner. We have the block party that we do the Sunday of every Labor Day weekend. We have trunk or treat as well. And we find ourselves doing some other projects here and there. This also includes projects that we do with other partners. If you are here around Thanksgiving, we did a Thanksgiving giveaway where we partnered with two other churches to provide, I think it was over 100 uh, Thanksgiving meals in a box. So we bought like 100 frozen turkeys and 100 pies and all, the whole thing. And we gave some away here at Reachway and then we gave some away at Harrison Homes on the south end of Peoria. That would be included in ministry initiatives, is, is a partnership or a project like that. This also includes developing your pastors and leaders. So we talked about, excuse me, just a few weeks ago that all of your pastors here are on um, an, an educational track towards advancing their kind of development as pastors and leaders. And Reachway provides, and they really are, 
uh, small but meaningful, scholarships to our pastors to help supplement some of the costs towards those educational expenses. Because we believe that when a leader gets better, everyone wins. We really, really do believe that. And that doesn't just include a pastor. That includes any volunteers that are here. We're always looking for ways to help our leaders get even better because when a leader gets better, everyone wins. And that, of course, then improves the ministry that we're trying to do here at Reachway as well. And then we have fourth category. This is my favorite category, and it's mission-minded giving. And I want to talk about this for just a minute because whether you knew it or not, you were a part of a very generous church. And if you've ever given to Reachway, you have given to a very generous church. But what I want to say before we break down this category is that Reachway Church gives away 25% of its income. And we do it strategically. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want you to know that you're a part of a generous church. You support and pray for and attend and volunteer and give to a very, very generous church. And that's something that you can be proud of. And that's something that I hope that you celebrate. So now we're going to get into some numbers. We've got 25, but these numbers get a little bit lower. We are a part of a denomination, and I think that it's healthy for a local church to be a part of a denomination for several reasons. One of those reasons is accountability, making sure that we realize that we're on a team, um, keeping pastors in check, keeping church boards in check, keeping the mission aligned with the larger grouping of people, because we're better together. It's better when local churches can partner together and stick to one mission, because we can do only so much as one independent group. But when we join ourselves with a whole bunch of other people, we can do so much more. Part of that includes the mission of the local church around the world. We give 5.5% of our income directly to global missions. Our denomination, the Church of the Nazarene, has a presence in over 160 countries and world areas. It's most of them. <laughs> it's over 95% of them. We have a church or a compassionate ministry center or a hospital or a university or college in 160, uh, over 160 countries or wo world areas. And we support those works every single time someone gives to this church we give 5.5% of our income to global missions. Something else that we care about as a local church and as a denomination is retired ministers. So we, as a church, give 2.25% of our income to the pensions and benefits arm of the Church of the Nazarene. Um, once again, feel free to let your mind wander on the math <laughs> and the number of pastors that serve in the Church of the Nazarene and 2.25% compounded over however much is given, I got to tell you, it's not the most amount of money, okay? But we give something because even something matters. And as a denomination, we go all in with what we have and we help out where we can, and we care about retired ministers. Something else that we care about is higher education. The Church of the Nazarene has universities across this country and the world, and we... Um, choose to give 2.25% of our income to Olivet Nazarene University, which is about two hours northeast of here 
in Kankakee, Illinois, Bourbonnais, Illinois area. Uh, I attended Olivet, my wife attended Olivet, and a lot of other pastors in this area attended Olivet as well. And so we give our income pretty much for scholarships. That's what our money ends up going to, is providing scholarships for students to continue to attend that university. Um, in fact, we were just there the other day because my brother-in-law graduated from Olivet um, with a master's degree, and I was able to walk around representing this church that gives money to it. That's a big deal, and it's really cool to be able to do that. And then we also give 5.75% of our income to regional mission initiatives. So I talk about our global denomination that we're a part of. We also then structure ourselves, because the planet's pretty big, maybe you would agree with that. So we structure ourselves as a denomination because accountability matters to us. We structure ourselves into districts. So we divide states in the United States into different regions or zones, whatever phrase connects with you. And the district or region that we are a part of goes north to the Wisconsin border, and then it, it essentially carves out kind of the upper left-hand corner of the state of Illinois. So just south of Pekin, and we kind of hook up towards Aurora area, and then around um, in the Moline area, and then Rockford as well. That's our district. And we care about churches getting started on our district. We care about the mission specifically of the Northwestern Illinois region, because there's people here and we care about people. And so we give some of our income to support um, new works and the ministry of our region. And I will say that even in our history as a church, we have received those dollars. So there have been churches on this district giving faithfully to the district for decades. And when we launched as a new church on this district, we received a $10,000 grant from our district. So that's exactly why we do what we do, is because before we were even a thought, we were receiving gifts from people that have been giving faithfully for generations before us. So keep that in mind. That's exactly why what we do is because we hope there's more churches like this one that get started in our region. So that kind of breaks down some of our denominational support. But mission-minded giving also includes what we call our benevolence funds and our community impact funds. Essentially, our benevolence fund is there. There are funds there available for us to be able to come alongside families that attend Reachway. And a lot of times, um, this looks like um, when there's, unfortunately, perhaps a a moment of tension in, the, in a family unit. Of course, we talk about when a loved one passes away. Um, there are generally expenses to a funeral. Um, there are benefits that go beyond just showing up to a place, being part of a local church, is that there's a group of people that have your back when things go wrong. And so we have a fund that's there so that we can support families in our congregation that are, are having some, some difficult times. Our community impact fund is essentially being able to provide similar care, but for the community. So when we were giving to the community impact fund over the last couple of weeks, it was for a family that does not yet attend Reachway Church. And we have an opportunity to impact a household that is a stone's throw away. We want to be sure that we're, we're helping, right? This, this is the mission. 
being a church that can be light in a community. And then this also includes support that we give to local organizations. We, we've come alongside uh, the Dream Center before. We've come alongside the Friendship House, which is in our neighborhood as well, and a couple of other organizations. And so all of that works together in order to support the community around us. That's, that's what we mean when we say mission-minded giving. And that's just about all I have for us this morning. <laughs> In a nutshell, that's how we structure ourselves. The reason that we did this once again is because we believe that transparency matters. We are extremely thankful for the people that make decisions to give to Reachway Church. And we want you to know that we do our absolute best to make sure that your gift does not go unused for a very specific and intentional purpose. Another reason I share all of that is because when you give even a dollar to Reachway, I just listed about 20 different places it goes. I mean, right off the bat. And once again, a rising tide raises all ships. So I just want everyone to be on the same page of what we do and why we do it. We're going to talk about this um, on a somewhat regular basis as a church because it's important. It's important that we make sure that as a church, we are zoned in to the mission. And of course, money is not the only piece of that puzzle, but it does, of course, help us 